You're listening to Curious Conversations About Sex, and my name is Rog. This podcast is brought to you by Curious Creatures, who run a variety of sexuality and self-development workshops in Australia. Please bear in mind that not all conversations will be suitable for younger people. Also bear in mind that while we can discuss general concepts, what we say can't be taken as personal advice or guidance. You're the only person that is an expert on being you. If you've got questions you'd like us to answer, or you want to find out more about us, look us up at curiouscreatures.biz. B-I-Z. This is the second of a three-part conversation I had with Asaya Makimi. The last one was all about safer sex practices as they relate to kissing, manual stimulation and oral sex. Now we're going to dive right into genital to genital contact and also offer some tips on safer sex in kinky play. Bear in mind I'm cutting you in halfway through a conversation, which is kind of like starting a porno after all of the clothes are already off, but you'll work it out. You'll know the episode has started when you hear me say the phrase, next one, like I'm in a moderate amount of pain. Next one, next practice might be um, other form, forms of uh, genital-to-genital contact uh, without, um, say in the case of penis and vagina, without penetration or rubbing cocks together or I believe scissoring is the phrase for um, rubbing pussies together. So yeah, how are our risks going here and what are our mitigations? So, um, you know, again, skin-to-skin contact, there, there are um, risks. So you're looking at um, herpes, um, herpes and, and warts would be the main ones, but also that, you know, we've, we've talked about that fluid that um, can, can easily kind of, um, can kind of spread um, and the, that's, um, you know, that's a, a risk. Um, yeah. So, yeah, look, and... Um, cunt to cunt as well. Um, as, you know, there's there's going to be fluid to fluid uh, yes. there. So um, uh, you know, infections, um, herpes, HPV, um, trichomonas, bacterial vaginosis um, is possible. Um, again, yeast infections not really considered an STI, but they can be um, transmitted that way um, yeah. as well and you know again um, just to mention women are uh, menstruating so wherever there's blood we carry uh, an increased risk of infection yeah great yep so essentially what we're saying is um uh, any form of genital genital contact is is right up our um very high risk end of the scale uh, along with um, penis and vagina penis in anus uh, etc yeah, yeah? Yeah, yeah, particularly around where your um your your delicate uh, mucous membranes are. Whenever that's coming into contact with with something else, because that's the area of the skin, you know, my, most likely to um, uh, you know, to have a a potential little split or cut in it as well. So yeah, where whenever those yeah. um more delicate areas are coming into contact, that's definitely an area to be to be really aware. Oh, and I'm reminded with um. Genital genital contacts. I guess um, great practice is when you're lying with someone, you can almost start to feel your hips starting to gravitate towards each other sometimes. Um, and yeah, that's the point in time where you need to start putting your mechanisms in in place. Uh, I'm also reminded of um, 
someone I learned from once has a great practice. Um, after sex is finished and you're sort of snuggling up, the very first thing they do is put some underwear back on because you often just have those whoops-a-daisy moments where particularly after sex, you're all a bit sweaty and wet and the the risks there of just accidentally bumping into each other are quite high. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like we've come quite close to covering penis and anus and penis and vagina, but let's just uh, focus on them a little bit. So penis in anus uh, sex, um, yeah, risks and mitigations. Yeah, so that's one of the riskiest um, sexual activities in terms of um, STIs, including HIV. Um, so really important, well, really important to, to use a condom to, to mitigate those risks. Yeah. I, is it, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, this is not squarely an area of my specialty, but um, my understanding is that basically any time you stick an object about the size of a penis or certainly larger in an anus, um, in, unless you're really delicate and really gentle and using a really good amount of good lube, then you've almost always got um, little tiny cuts and fissures, um, which is why it's such a such risky territory. Is that your understanding? Yeah, that's that's exactly it um, that 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 is why um, you know anal sex has the the highest um, the highest trans- transmission rate. So you're exactly right, Rog. Yeah, great. Okay. Um, so yeah, um, condoms and um, lots of lube um, and just um, yeah, God, take it slow <laughs> to begin with, at least. <laughs> um, okay, and um, penises in vagina or penis in vagina. Yeah, um, and this is kind of um, uh, second to, to anal sex in in terms of your risks. So absolutely, you know, again, um, uh, condoms, um, female condoms. Um, if you if you like, um, but it is one that that you want to be protected. And again, just also being aware of the areas that are touching that aren't protected. Yeah, so like with, with really like whether we're talking about anus or vagina, any of that really grindy kind of sex where you're sort of mashing your skin into someone else's uh, that's um, riskier than. Um, oh. Uh, a more delicate probing. Sorry about my <laughs> language here. This sounds really odd, but um, yeah, yeah. Look, and I think you know because the, the reality is, you know, there are risks, and and this is about kind of um, mitigating and and choosing um, choosing how you want to protect yourself and the um, the risks that you're willing to take and those that you're just not. Great point, and you remind me that there's no such thing as safe sex. Uh, all you can do is make sex safer, which is why we generally call it safer sex. Yes, yes, excellent point. Yeah, mm. yeah. okay. Um, and then I guess the last activity I want to mention is around kink play, and um, perhaps I'll just start off down this path a little bit uh, since that's more an area of my specialty. Um I guess with kink play, uh, so it's a huge category of activities uh, and part of the reason people are sometimes attracted to kinky sex is because it can be made to be really safe. So for instance, if you're giving someone a little bit of impact play on their bum and they haven't even taken their jeans off, uh, so by impact play that might be a spanking or something like that, then that can actually be one of the safest forms of sex, which is not to say safe, but just safer. Um, and then at the other end of the scale, some kink play involves um, all sorts of things, including bloodletting and water sports and so forth. So can be a lot more risky at times. And so in my experience, 
um, one of the things that separates a good player from a not so good player is their their level of knowledge about um, how STI STI protection fits together with kinky sex, and also just how to avoid sex injuries uh, more generally. Because uh, yeah, body, bodies have their limits. Um, but yeah, and I, I just to, to add to that, Rog, that absolutely this knowledge, but also again, the ability to, to communicate around it, I think is, is what really, um, distinguishes people in that regard as well. Oh yeah. Communication and sex. Mm. So important. Mm -hmm. I would go so far to say, and I've said this on the podcast before, I don't think there is such a thing as a number one sex works on all people all the time. However, communication comes incredibly close. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I was actually, you know, when I was, um, you know, studying to become a, a sexologist and a sex therapist, and I was learning all these fantastic things and exploring, you know, these these wonderful things in my own life. And I imagined, you know, me teaching my clients all of these techniques. But honestly, the most of what I do is is teaching people how to have the conversation and helping them feel really comfortable around it. I think that's really one of the most important things we can do to have a great yeah. sex life. Yeah, absolutely agree. Before you even touch the thing, you should work out how to talk to the thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, uh, just to finish up on kink stuff in particular, um, uh, I guess if folks are interested in learning about kinky things, um, my suggestion is to try and get advice from people who are both uh, kink-friendly and sex-positive, but also medically trained. Because uh, either one of those things is not enough. And if you just go for people with medical training, sometimes you'll bump up against sort of kink shaming. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really one of the great things about the kink community in my experience is that they are so willing to, you know, to, to share their knowledge, um, you know, particularly around safety and consent. Oh, it's so true, Isaiah. It's, um, people always think that the kink community is going to be full of weird and creepy. Um, and like, because... There's humans, of course, there's a little bit of that, but there's so many elders and so many incredibly well-trained people who are just so willing to share their knowledge. And I, I know for me, I was attempting kinky things for about 10 or 15 years before I came out into that community. And one of my biggest regrets is not sort of fronting up to that community earlier because there's just so many mistakes that I made that I could have avoided just by listening to the right people. Yep, yep, Absolutely. All right. So that's been a wonderful little journey through some common forms of sexual play. Mm. Um, I'd love now to go through in a little more detail some of the specific um, mitigations and barriers and things like that we've been talking about. Mm. Perhaps we'll start with, I guess, uh, let's start with the most commonly known um, one of um, male condoms. Um, so by male condoms, I mean condoms that are designed to go over a penis. Um yeah, have you got any tips or suggestions or hints or common misunderstandings or whoopsies relating to male condoms? Uh, look, I think there's always going to be some whoopsies. Um, I think, you know, again, that's one of the things that goes with the territory when we're having um, sex. I think male condoms are, you know, the most well-known and the most popular for uh, a reason, and they're definitely not perfect. Um mm. So, yeah, you know, really um, 
you know, get good at at putting them on. You know, and, and this is something I have I have my clients do often because it can really um, you know, and, and again, yes, it's for safe for sex, but also for pleasure. Um, because that moment of okay, I'm gonna get the condom and I'm gonna put it on, you know, they're not that easy to put on. Let's yeah, be no, honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and if you're if you're a little bit stressed and anxious about it, people, it's it's understandable. They're not, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They, they, they take a moment. And, and in particular, if you're anxious about sustaining an erection or not losing the vibe or the buzz, um, the best thing you can do to mitigate against that vibe-killing problem is to be well-practiced. So, yeah, again, get a dozen and ruin them. Yeah. Absolutely. So you can, you know, put it put it on with, you know, with with one hand if you need to, or you know, ladies, you know, practice putting it on with your mouth. You know, being really, really careful of it. But that's, you know, yeah. a way to make it a little a little bit more sexy. Fantastic. So great little learning goal would be to be able to um, get the plastic off the. So turn off the light, tie one hand behind your back, and with the, with one remaining hand, see if you can get the level of skill where you can get the plastic wrapper off the box, get one open, work out which way it's meant to unroll, and get it on, all in less than 30 seconds. I'm not going to lie and say that I've ever achieved that, but it's a good learning goal. <laughs> no, I know I've attempted it. I have to, to acknowledge that I've... <laughs> Um, actually, just you, um, let me come back to, to something you said about the unrolling because I think that's um, yes. the which side it unrolls on is probably the biggest mistake. That, that yeah, sunny side up. Yes, sunny, right, sunny side up because, you know, if you do put it on the, the wrong side and then flip it over to put it on the right side, um, that's not a very good practice because there's obviously then contamination on the outside. <laughs> Yeah, aside from the skin, if you've got a little tiny bit of pre-cum sitting there at the end of the cock, then, yeah, that gets flipped over and then it's on the inside of the anus or vagina or mouth that you're sticking your cock into. Yeah, yeah. So, so pay attention to which side it has to go. Yes. <laughs> yeah. and, and also with um, using condoms, make sure that you are losing, using um, like a really good quality um, lube that, that goes with the, the condoms um, because there, there can be more of a potential for dryness and therefore tears. Yeah, great. And uh, I like that you stress uh, a lube that goes with the condom mm. because uh, like, if, if in doubt, uh, most condoms are, come with a water-based lube on them. And so if in doubt, just use a water-based lube. Yep. But um, yes, just exactly. be aware that there's a couple of lubes out there, particularly like say coconut oil and some of the oil-based ones that do actually deteriorate the uh, condom rubber. Yep. A couple of other little little quick tips on the male condom. In fact, on, on many of these methods, uh, I think normalize as part of play the concept of just the quick condom check which is just that little thing where you look at each other and one of you just says condom check and whoever's got their hands most available and most appropriate just does a quick little check just to make sure everything's still sitting right because um it's it kind of if you're in doubt it just eats away at you and um that's that that'll that'll ruin the moment but if you yeah introduce the, the, the condom check it's a really nice way of saying hey i'm on board we're safe we're good i care about this going well and uh, that can actually be a plus not a minus yeah beautiful um and then uh yeah for those for those of you that do have a cock um the moment you get any sense of sort of movement so you've got like a friction movement on your skin just start to get very aware of that so if you're leaking a lot of pre-cum um 
yeah, start to contemplate maybe even maybe scanning for an appropriate pause in play where you can switch out that condom, dry yourself off a little bit and slap on a new one. Yep. Um, but just generally being very mindful. Yes, I think that's a really good point. You don't have to stick with one for the duration of play. <laughs> yeah, no. And actually, in terms of building that into good sex, most people can't stay really hyped up and peaky for a long period of time. Uh, like uh, for most people, like I don't know, I don't have – hard mathematical statistics on this but my feeling is for most people 10 or 15 minutes of fucking style of activities is about all they're good for and then it's good to have a little break catch your breath um let your endorphins balance up a little bit stick on another condom and then get back to it it's sort of there's many advantages to that yeah absolutely yeah round two people <laughs> um, and I think you mentioned sorry we're going to get onto female condoms really soon um, I had no idea we were going to be wanting to um, rave so much about male condoms um, you mentioned Isaya about um, getting the correct size and I think that's somewhat, something that people don't appreciate the value of yeah my, my success rate has gone up <laughs> massively uh, since um, finding my correct size uh, by that I mean just going like avoiding moments of, oh, that just feels like it's slipping around or just doesn't doesn't quite feel right. Yep, yep. Um, and, and they come in all sizes. So, you know, don't uh, – this whole story of I can't find them to fit, okay, maybe that is true uh, for a certain portion of people, but actually they come in all kinds of sizes. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. All right, well, what do you think? Shall we move on to female condoms? Yeah, let's move on to female condoms. Okay. Uh, can I can I give you an impossible task? Can I get you to describe in words what a female condom looks like? <laughs> um, a wind sock. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Uh, it's like a squid. The bulb of an octopus. Um, yeah, that's that's a good description, actually. <laughs> so, so it's it's a condom. It's a barrier method. It's made of similar rubber to male condoms. Um, however, it goes inside um, the vagina, um, and it's it's got a couple of sort of rings. Um, so one one which sort of holds it on the inside, and one which holds it on the outside. Um, so the the big, huge main difference, they're a little more expensive and a little less common and a little harder to find, but it, I, I would love your perspective on this, but my understanding is one of the reasons that guys sometimes say that they don't like male condoms is because it takes away some of the skin-on-skin -skin friction feel and tends to result in slightly more um, rumpy, pumpy, pounding kind of a sex. So in the absence of the subtle sensations, a lot of guys wind up um, with more, shall we say, robust movements when they're wearing a condom. What female condoms do is shift the burden of that sensation difference onto the person with the vagina rather than the person with the cock. So I'm just put, putting up my hand for myself and saying, in an AB blind test, I don't know if I could pick the difference between having my dick in a vagina versus having my dick in a female condom. Ah. So big confession. And obviously I'm not saying that that's a good thing because there's still a loser out of that exchange. Uh, I haven't spoken to enough people that have used female condoms to know if the female experience of it is that affected 
Do you want to weigh in and save me from this rather you know, awkward conversation I'm having with myself? Do you know what, Rog? I, I'm, I'm not sure if I can bail you out of this one. My confession around female condoms is that I have never actually used one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, cool. I left that responsibility um, to my partners, but that maybe that's another um, another thing that goes on my experimentation list so I can actually uh, be a little more versed in this. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah that's um yeah that's gonna be interesting i'm gonna keep asking around in the absence of hard maths on that particular piece of information obviously for some couples that's going to be uh, a gooder idea and for some couples that's going to be a less gooder idea it sounds like we don't have much more to say on female condoms um for, for some couples that's going to be um a, a good solution and for other couples not so much uh, i guess the only other thing i'd say in favor of female condoms is that it's easier to put them in ahead of time uh and i'm not sure quite what the parameters are there but um yeah yes yeah look um yeah i, I think that's one thing that you're right on <laughs> i mean you're right okay. on many things but but um <laughs> in regard to female condoms you're right they they can be um they can be in kind of prior Oh my god, female condom, windsock, I'm still laughing. There you go folks, the second of a three-part conversation on safer sex and whatever else we felt like talking about. You've been listening to Curious Conversations About Sex, and here's a little more about my guest, Asaya McKimmy. I would love to hear a little more about you. So uh, you're a... Uh, you work with people with relationships and with individuals. Um, who's your uh, perfect client and how can they find you? Yeah, so I actually, I work with um, really women and couples at the moment and couples in various kinds um, of relationships. Um, I do all of my coaching and therapy actually via Skype at the moment. So wherever anyone is, um, I'm available for sessions. And I also have some online programs as well. Uh, you can find me at my website, which is www.asaya, which is I-S-I-A-H, hyphen McKimmy, M-C-K-I-M-M-I-E.com. And you can also find that link in the notes for this podcast. Um, thank you so much for coming on, Asaya, and sharing your knowledge so willingly with the world. Um, yeah, I really appreciate that. Uh, thanks so much, Raj. Yay. Yay.